mercy and grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan, Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 307, 307 of There's No Place I Terror, a Stargate First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am Nixie. And I am Grace. And today we are going over SG Atlantis. Yes. Season 5. Yes. Episode 10. Yes. First Contact. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't have an AK. I have Indiana Jackson in the Lab of Doom. I do like that. <laughs> I do like that. That's pretty great. That's... That's what I have. That is perfect. <laughs> I'm, I, we're running with it. Uh, yes, an old friend joins us this week. Yes! I was very excited. Uh, it was an interesting relationship. I want to get into it, but first, how was your week? I was going to say, oh. first, before I get into how my week was, I had did tell you that we had a familiar face this you episode. Did. Was this and Was Daniel Jackson anywhere on your radar? Not at all. <laughs> I have said my goodbyes to everyone from SG1. I yep. thought maybe in a finale we would hear about someone. Uh-huh. Never, never did I think we'd see a Daniel. Daniel I was very Jackson hyped. looking his like best roguish self. Yes. Yeah. Just digging into the nobody understands me vibe. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's just say he had some strong Nathan Drake vibes. Big, big, yeah. In his wardrobe choices. Yes, he did. <laughs> and also in the no one can never know about uh-huh. this. Yeah. Look at this really cool stuff and no one can never, never know about it. No one can know about it. Guess it never happened. So my week. I yeah. Didn't do, I didn't do a ton this week. Obi-Wan Kenobi series is still absolutely amazing. Yep. Um, I still have so many words and thoughts about it. And uh, I know... I know some people are not digging it and it's controversial. I don't care. I love it. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, The other thing that happened this weekend. Okay. So listeners of this beautiful podcast, Mm -hmm. we talk a lot about Critical Role. (laughs) I was hoping you'd get here. (laughs) We talk a lot about Critical Role. And I know a lot of you who are like RPG curious um, are like, well, it's really intimidating because there's a thousand episodes. Okay. If you are at all interested and you like drama on top of drama with a side of drama and emotion, but also some dick jokes. Um, and a little bit of like morbidness. Yes. Yeah. Um, Critical Role just finished a four part. And when I say four part, it is still longer than the complete extended editions of Lord of the Rings combined. Yeah. <laughs> what does it add up to? Like 23, 24, 25 I don't hours? No, the last of the four episodes was six and a half hours. That is by far the longest, just yeah. to let you know. But they finished a four part uh, mini series called Exandria Unlimited Calamity. Yeah. I could not say Calamity like Brennan Lee Mulligan can, but it is. I think, without a doubt, some of the finest. It's just, it's improv storytelling, and I've never. You haven't even finished it yet. No. Nope. I have never seen another piece that is so beautifully poignant. Yeah. I was in tears, it's and Rogue you know one. how hard it gets me in tears. Yeah, it's Rogue One. It's Rogue One. You go into it knowing. 
what will happen at the end. Not the specifics, but the the. You you it's know what the, the outcome of the larger story is <laughs> you going know into it. You know it ends badly. So the very cool part about this story is that it's not about that. Mm-mm. It's about the people and yeah. the choices they make yeah. and what they do with the time that they are offered. Yeah. And that to me is like, I'm really enjoying it. I'm not done. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah. It is stunning. You can find it on Critical Role's YouTube um exu calamity i can't if if you are at all curious what some of the finest uh D can look like this is it it's pretty great it's pretty good brennan lee mulligan is definitely my style of i want to learn how to dm like that yeah i've taken notes don't worry specifically um i do want to clarify something i just said because i know it's something that uh, I won't say it's an example of what the finest D&D can look like, because the finest D&D to me is the stuff that takes place around your own table with your own group of players. Yeah. It is the finest example of um, professional D&D players putting on a story. It's just, it's just, it's, it's professional storytelling. It It is is just fun to watch. It is more, I mean, it was more gripping and dynamic and it's mostly theater of the mind. I don't even have the name many maps, but I was more in... I was more emotionally connected and involved and in the moment for the story than I have been for movies in years. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, It's taken up a lot of my last couple of days. Well, really everything because the previous episode (laughs) took me like five days to finish. Yeah. This one, I may have dug in a little deeper Uh because it's the final one of the series. And it's, it gets there. It goes places. Um, But there is another show that I have recently started watching that I did not tell you about on purpose oh. until the pod. Oh. Because I'm tr- I don't remember oh. if you've seen it or okay. would love it. If you've seen it and love it or haven't seen it and would love it or okay. is one of those where you're like, oh, yeah, that show that I mean to watch. Uh-huh. We started watching Do South. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have not seen Do South in, like, probably a decade and a half. Yeah. So, but it's adorable. I, so uh, you guys know the type of business that we do. Uh, One of the things that we were running into um, when Jesse and I try to find a show to watch, uh, Jesse is a man of extremes. Sorry, I keep touching the green screen. Um, Jesse is a man of extremes. So we're either watching something that's going to fuck up your brain. (laughs) Like EXU Calamity. (laughs) Well, not even. Like, we own the city. You know what I mean? Like, the real heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah. Or stuff that you're completely checked out of. Yes. Like Taskmaster. Like Taskmaster. Um, if I see one more episode of Taskmaster. I, mind you, I love Taskmaster, but it it's... It's candy. It's the version... It's my version of, like, the Kardashians. It's cotton candy for your brain. So what I was trying to explain to him is, like, I, I really... I need a middle ground. Mm-hmm. I need something to get invested in that doesn't give... That doesn't cause pain. Yeah. <laughs> the way things like We Own the City... Yeah create pain and i don't know if that's normal or not but consider the things you watch and listen to and make sure you're taking care of yourself yes because i realized that with the kind of work that we do and seeing these kind of things constantly played out Mm -hmm. whether they're dramatized or not yeah it's a lot it's it is painful and i'm sitting there picking at these scabs that are trying to heal so i was like i just need something that is not so painful it's just beautiful fluff Thief 
for the win. Yeah. All versions of him. It's adorable. <laughs> I've met like three, ver- there's yeah. three versions of Stephen Something Baker. Something like that. I don't know. It's been a while <laughs> since I've seen it. I uh, just finished the Leslie Nielsen episode. <laughs> Pretty great. And then Jesse decided to give me a walkthrough of, I forget the actor's names and I'm going to call him the wrong name because his name's Paul something. And I keep wanting to say Paul McGillian, which is <laughs> not, not the Paul one. McGillian. But he's shown me all of his music videos. Oh yeah. So then we went down a rabbit hole of like early 90s music videos tied to TV shows uh-huh. like Uncle Jesse and the Rippers from Full oh, Houses Forever. Yeah. Or Jamie something. I forget his last name. Uh, from uh, his How Do You Talk to an Angel, if you remember yep. that video. Yeah. The 90s, Had y'all. some stuff. I realize that there's some sort of retro thing happening with mm-hmm. the 90s. We don't need to go back there. So my favorite is... Although, I kind of enjoy it. <laughs> I will say my favorite is not from the 90s, but it's made... It's from a show not in the 90s, but the music video was made... In the 90s okay. is, of course, Let's Go to the Mall. <laughs> I gotcha. That's <laughs> a good one. That's a good one. Um, no, these ones, they're like a specific cool guy vibe. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, I remember this. It was a style. I remember them, uh, the guy from show that I can't remember, so I'm going to look up the song in a minute here. <laughs> but I remember him on the cover of my Sassy Magazines, oh. which also Sassy Magazine, R.I.P. to a queen. did not know about Sassy Magazine. You would have loved Sassy Magazine. Would because I? Sassy Magazine was not like all the other magazines. It was, it, was, it was run with some girl power behind Ooh. it. It was still a fashion mag. Okay. Yes, and it still had actors and things. Uh-huh. But it was... A little bit more aimed at empowering women okay. in general. Yeah. And it had some really radical vibes to it. When I was 16, I was getting Star Trek magazine. <laughs> we would have been friends and you would have liked it. And Nintendo Power. <laughs> I do remember as a very young kid getting Disney Adventures. I did also get Stargate magazine when that was a thing. <laughs> I didn't Just know there was funsies. a magazine. Oh, yeah. Um, the one other series it started and I haven't been able to watch the beginning of the new season yet, but I cannot wait, which you will, once I'm able to, there will be a review, but we are busy catching up on the boys, which, oh, that's a whole other show to talk about, uh, is For All Mankind, season three has started and I'm very excited about that. Oh, the show was called The Heights. Uh, I remember now it was, and the act, the, the act, main actor and the song was, and the singer was Jamie Walters. That's all. Yeah. I did not watch that show. I did watch the show. It was a 90210 vibes. That should not surprise anyone that I did not watch the show. For All Mankind. Yeah. It's space. It's drama. I don't know if it's in your palette right now, but it's space drama. I will think about it. Oh, it's it's drama. (laughs) Yeah. But it's space drama. Okay. Yeah. Okay. September 26, 2008. We're here. Written by Martin Guerra, directed by Annie Makita. And, oh, who is that familiar face that we've already mentioned? Ba-ba-da. None other than Michael Shanks. Yay. Also, Grace, if you want some if you want some mind candy, you still need to watch Saving Hope. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that actually still, would be a good one. Yeah, you still need to watch Saving Hope. Oh. Oh, one more. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Go, it's supernatural and Grey's Anatomy. I'm, it's and Michael Shanks. Gonna do it. Yeah. I'm I'm actually gonna put it on my list right now. So previously on Atlantis, we continue our great history of genetic modification mm-hmm. and fucking up shit there. 
Um, and remember Janice, who, just as refresher, is the one who saved Weir, <laughs> built a time machine and a jumper, designed yep. the long-range communication stones that Daniel and Vala used, among many other things. Yeah. Yikes. So... Uh, lots of cool stuff. Yeah, just uh, this is a person. No reason. No it's reason. Fine. Just, just you uh -huh. know, ancient renegade inventor dude. Yep. So John and McKay are walking, talking towards the gate room. McKay just gets annoyed that if they have to give the sort of pomp and circumstance to everyone who comes for a visit, they're never going to get anything done. I like how much of a jerk he's being. He's just very complainer-y. Also, just last episode, you're like, well, I don't have anything to do, so let me go with the yeah. hot doctor lady to a planet. Yeah. Pick pick a side, dude. It, obviously, it's not the uh it's not the time that you're worried about. It's who that time is being spent. I didn't want to do that work. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and so they're, you know, look, they're just meeting this guy at the gate. McKay's already been pulled off his vital projects for the betterment of the human race to yeah, help him no, totally. help this random dude with research. That sounds exactly not at all exaggerated. Um, we meet Woolsey. Yep. They're in the gate room. And our guest does not come through the gate that is beamed down from the Daedalus. None Yay. other than Dr. Daniel Jackson. Cue the Stargate theme music. Bum, ba, I don't know the Stargate theme music, so I just made up my you've, own. You've only listened to it. A million times. So, um, so many times. We all know what my memory is like. <laughs> Daniel is very happy to be here. Very happy to be back. And the way he says, Rodney, bum, bum, makes McKay bum. less than happy that he's here. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing worse is if he had just called him Meredith. <laughs> I love the vibe here because Rodney is trying to give annoyed older brother. Mm -hmm. But Daniel's like, no, no, I find you even more. Yeah. Like, I, I'm going to be the, like, condescending oldest brother. It's, it's amazing. At your annoyed older brother. They're... Vibes this episode. Yeah. Mwah. It's perfect. Quick credits. Mm -hmm. So Wolsey was actually going to have McKay show Daniel to his room, which that is the type of mundane, everyday stuff that definitely McKay needs to be doing. Yeah. No, yeah, that's he. He's great at host. Look, we just had a week of of having to play hostess at our work. Yeah. It's a lot. <sighs> it is exhausting. And it is not the work that I would throw at Rodney. No. Because the same way I went throw it at you, like, yeah. I need you to do all the other shit that I can't do while I'm playing host. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And B, I hate that thing of, like, just when you... Just when you drop your guard on your, like, professional level is when someone important walks in. Yeah, 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 yeah. But actually, Daniel really wants to get started on the research. And it's not... It's not the exciting exploration of insignificant ancient history historical events that McKay assumes it is. Uh-huh. It is actually involving the ancient inventor named Janice. Yeah. I find it a little bit annoying that Rodney is that dismissive of other types of sciences. Uh, would you expect anything less of Rodney McKay? I just think uh, he should be smart enough to go like, that's not my bag. But to be this dismissive of them, like they're not important, is I, different. A, we've seen him be dismissive of other sciences before. And B, Fair. specifically as Daniel Jackson, he yeah. doesn't consider what Daniel does science. Yeah. Well, he's dumb. Well. Yeah. Uh, and again, none of this <laughs> yeah, impresses yeah. McKay. You yeah, don't yeah, think yeah. McKay didn't pour over the logs of a renegade ancient artificer? Come yeah. on. 
But Daniel comes with information about a secret lab where he did and hid most of his unauthorized research. I'm pretty sure it's here in Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Um, and just remarking about, damn, what a decade can do for a character. Yep. It's good style. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I like his approach. And I love that he comes across as the rogue here. Yeah. A little bit. Even when they start talking later about, like, you know, what, you keep all your shit in public places? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Well, and it's just, as I'm going on a style, I've realized, uh, oh, uh, as we saw Jurassic Park, I think I mentioned this last week, I'm realizing that my um, my clothing style is just Laura Dern and Jurassic. It's just Explorer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Explorer. Turn of the century Explorer. I will also take a good Henley shirt. Yeah, that's true. Just explore. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of the Henley shirt on an explorer. I know. <laughs> on for reasons. Yep. While researching in McKay's lab, McKay is bored. He has gone over Janice's database so many times, there's no talk of a secret lab. Yeah. And Daniel points out he wasn't doing officially sanctioned work. I mean, do you really include a full account in your very public database? Yeah. Of, you know, all your McKay shit? Yeah, and I like McKay's non-answer as a clear answer of mm-hmm. like, yeah. He, he definitely pleads definitely pleads the fifth on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I like how you see at the end of the day, um just there's so many nuances to the smart guy in the yes. room. You know what I mean? Cause McKay, for all of his uh annoyance or like bitching about having to do things and and finding weird answers to stuff, he always eventually does things by the book if you will like yeah. he's gonna gather all his notes he's gonna put it all yep. out there whereas daniel's like i'm just gonna pocket this shit over I'm here just gonna... for just for a second and then we have like the third version of the smart guy in the room with zelenka later on too <laughs> yeah it's true yeah so daniel knows many of his peers um you know uh uh of janice's peers he said he had this bastion of unfettered thoughts and experimentation mm-hmm. or as one of his lovers may say an isle of solitude within the city walls yes all mckay heard in that was he had lovers <laughs> yeah, mckay's mind is the best <laughs> wait we're talking about sex now i like yeah. sex i'll wait. talk about that scientists get Except ladies not really because i get awkward yeah yeah also, um, people say shit like that about McKay all the time. Mm. And, <laughs> sure. And there was an account from a young assistant who said that Janice uh, turned a corner down a hallway. Mm-hmm. And when the assistant gave chase, Janice was gone. A hallway was a dead end. And Daniel assumes he had disappeared into his secret lab. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yes, by the way, the assistant did mention specifically which hallway. And I guess they should go there because, you know, not that McKay is interested now yeah. or anything like that. I, a, a little bit, Janice, not that there's not other reasons to side-eye you, but did you just force your assistants to be all your lovers? Because all these notes about yeah. your secret hideaways are from your assistants. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the creepy college professor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say, this assistant, they did mention he was a male, so at least he's an equal opportunity. Oh, I know, mean, creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I. That's not even what crossed my mind. It was more just like, so all of the people who work for you are also your sex. Well, life. I was just more saying, like, at least it's not just like the young, hot girls. Sure. As, like, is the cliche. Oh, fair. Yeah. 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 It's just the young, hot people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> Just the frame just gets a little wider. Is sure, all. yeah. And while they're doing that, John and Woolsey are also on a project. Mm-hmm. Uh, heading up, uh, at least Woolsey is heading off on the data list to meet with Todd. Yeah. 
And John is not taking the bet that Todd will show up yeah. in Tri-Color's gene theory. And I love how, I don't know if it's the earnestness, the naivete, the something about Woolsey where he's just like, but we held, or Taylor held up our side of the bargain, so why wouldn't Todd show up to help hold Yeah, his? there's a lot of like purity in Woolsey in this uh-huh. episode where you're like, what are you where are you what are you coming from i love you so much the world is not this ideal Mm -hmm. or the universe rather yeah it's it's great um john's like because todd already got what he wanted yeah and john wants to go for so many reasons um but todd and john have a relationship and Mm -hmm. that's why wolsey doesn't want him there yep this is negotiation and it's best to have the less baggage yep you're allowing Ronan to go on this, which won't touch on right now. Let's talk about that, though. Did he actually allow Ronan, or did Ronan just decide to come when I they were all a, already going? That's a good point. I don't think Wolsey knew Ronan was there yeah, until I after the ship left. It's like, well, fuck, you're here now. <laughs> I think Ronan just hopped in the car, if you will. Yeah, you could maybe go, Ronan, pay, don't be there when Todd first show up, and Ronan's like, okay. sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to happen. Watch me. Yeah. Uh, they were probably trying to leave without him knowing. Yeah, <laughs> which is why when Keller found him, he's like, "What? Me too. I go too. Yeah. Uh, I love. I do love that. That like the little bit of a bumble with Woolsey because he's still like, I'm in charge and I'm going to kindly suggest to you, Ronan, what I would like you to do. Yeah. And the only person still Taylor. I'm sure he would listen to Taylor, but it's. Just Woolsey going, hey, John, can it's you his, yeah. ask Ronan not to do this? It's like when I try to tell Drakey to do something. Oh, yeah. The only difference is that I'll be like, husband, Jesse, can you do something? He's like, oh, like, it's going to matter that like, it's coming from me. Our dog doesn't listen to anybody in the fucking world. Here's a treat him. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Ronan. Yeah. Do you like a treat him? Go, go, go get it. <laughs> go get it. Um, also, John cannot go because he is second in command, and mm-hmm. Woolsey does not play fast and loose with the rules like previous commanders, who he will not name. Zing. If Woolsey leaves Atlantis, John needs to stay here in command until Woolsey gets back, and mm-hmm. John is not happy about that. Nope. Because that's he doesn't like to be the man, and Woolsey does ask him to try not to blow her up while Woolsey, while yeah. she's gone. We did. We John's... have seen John deal with that before, where yeah. he feels really weird having any type of power. And John says no promises mm-hmm. and Woolsey just kind of uh, pauses you damn it are you, are you you're joking right <laughs> please don't blow up the city yeah just don't do it and the infirmary Keller is packing the last of her gear mm-hmm. and Ronan just happens to be walking by yeah offers what to help you carry doing? stuff just hanging out all the time near hanging you out. Just sort of always where you're kind of doing stuff. I don't like you. Down I don't even like you. You ever do that? Like in high school, whenever I'd crush on someone or middle mm-hmm. school, like I would take the long way to my class if I passed to their class. Or we would Maybe. all take turns doing like, which route are we doing today? Well, I know so-and-so has English in the B hall. It's like, okay, well, I'm in the C block, but we can go around and then go the long way to where you need to be. I would like to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if you didn't. Right I now. will leave it with, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah. I very well could have. Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> um, 
she does kind of have to go on this mission since she's the one administrating the treatment mm-hmm. if they ever get to the treatment part. Yeah, if this actually succeeds, she's the guy. Yeah. And Ronan's like, well, I should come with you because I don't trust them. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you don't trust Todd and his wraith or you don't trust the entire crew of the Daedalus to protect me if something goes wrong. And he's like, yes. Yep. I, I'm convinced that he hadn't been told that they were leaving. No. It's like when I was little, this is horrible, but I'm telling the story anyway. <laughs> there were times where my mom would like swing by wherever I was sitting and be like, say yes when I tell you I'm leaving. <laughs> and I would be like, okay. And then she'd keep walking, stealth mm-hmm. mission, stealth mission. Yeah. And so everyone would be home, my little brother and my older sister. My mom would be like, I'm going to go to the bank. Does anybody want to come? And who the fuck wants to go to the bank with your mom? No. And I'll be like, oh, I'm coming. And we would not go to the bank at all. <laughs> we would usually go to the mall well, and I get mean, our nails done. Listen, and eat money Carl is exchanged. Yeah, yeah. But it was, I, I realize now how if I wasn't this child, <laughs> you know, like there's like that TikTok theme, like tell me you you were the least favorite child without yeah. telling me you're the least favorite child. It's like, okay, I clearly wasn't that one from a mom. <laughs> that's a story my sister could tell yes <laughs> where it's like my mom would leave without me to uh-huh. go to the mall yeah <laughs> let's go to the mall i mean okay. you're singing my language uh first of all when when a man doesn't trust an entire when a man <laughs> doesn't trust an entire ship to protect you how do you not blush from that yeah 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 uh, and and she stumbles her way through that. Also, she be careful because it could also be a little toxic. It's not here, but also yes, yeah. I it depends on the person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it, it depends <laughs> on how that is approached. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a feeling that in realistically, in real life, I might find Ronan annoying. <laughs> um, if it came to something like that, I'd be like, okay, that's a lot. But okay. it is flattering. I will say this. I guess, yeah. If if there was a Ronin in like my current day-to-day life that I do now, uh-huh. where he's like, I need to accompany you anywhere because no place is safe. Okay, yes. If I'm, you know, in the Pegasus galaxy about to in Keller's situation in general, yeah. I'd be like, no, I've seen you actually protect me and save my life multiple times. Yeah. I would like you and your blaster nearby. That's fair. Yeah, there's a history. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, and she stumbles, Point her, she stumbles her way through that she's happy to have the company. Mm-hmm. And they're walking out at this point. And they pass McKay and Daniel going the other direction. And Keller waves goodbye to McKay. And he does a double take looking back, seeing Ronan, who gives him a smile that might as well be him sticking his tongue out and waving his fingers on top of his uh-huh. head. It's like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. And Daniel oblivious is, is like, we're are we going are we going this way? Yeah. Are we Can you not with the girls? How are you always just so aware of them? They'll throw themselves at you when the time is right. <laughs> That's I mean, how it works for everybody, right? Yeah. You uh, the, the people who are tr- women who are about to kill you. Listen, the trick is to be married. Yeah. <laughs> just be married and forget that you have a wife. Be married. Have your wife kidnapped by, you know, I guess it's the wraith in this galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're all set, man. And you're fine. It's Women. Easy peasy. Raining from the sky. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the 
to the city. Just, I don't know why it just the visual popped into my head of like women, like you know when women swoon and faint. Yeah, but like falling from the sky oh, I was, into Daniel. In my head, it was immediately like a James Bond credit sequence. Yeah. That works too. Because women have fallen from the sky in yeah. at least five different yeah. James Bond Rain title sequences. From the sky. <laughs> Adele is singing the soundtrack yeah. to it. At the edge of the city, uh, in areas that were flooded in the storm in the first year, yeah. the um the place like lights up as they walk through. Probably no one's been here since that time anyway. Sure. Uh and yeah, they're essentially looking for Janice's Batcave. Yay. That's all you if you had told McKay. When you beamed into the city, don't say, I know where Janice's secret lab is. Just uh-huh. say, I know where Janice's Batcave is. You know who you're talking to. Now, here's my question. Yeah. There's a moment when, when Rodney calls to the Batcave that Daniel looks a little, like, annoyed, but also, like, kind of, like, oh yeah, okay, fine. Does he remind, does Rodney in that moment remind him of A, yeah. uh, Jack O'Neill, or B, Cameron? <laughs> I'm going to say I am going to say Jack and that's only because Daniel and Cam bickered but not in the same way. Yeah. That can that that Daniel and Jack bickered. Okay. Cuz I like the moment of pause and I like to think that the reason there was that little moment of pause yeah. from Daniel before just looking annoyed. I know. Was a little bit of like a glint in his eye, if you will, thinking I, of his friend. I think it's more Jack. Yeah, I, I like it. I'm into it. Um, and there's nothing here because everything would, that was salvageable was moved to the main tower. Mm-hmm. Oops, but, oh, look, conveniently, there are these three holes in the wall. What are these sus-sconceless hallways? Which McKay recognizes as sconce interfaces, and I want scones now because for five years, I didn't know they were pronounced sconces. Sconces. So I thought... The scones had two meanings. Oh, I was like, what do you mean? Are scones pronounced scones? Nope. I understand now. You didn't know that sconces were pronounced sconces. I didn't know sconces were pronounced sconces. I How thought many they times were can we say the word sconces until it loses all meaning? Listen, it's already lost meaning because <laughs> in my head, I just want scones. Scones, scones. Yeah. I'm going to have a blueberry sconce, please. I it was uh, I did theater. Tech. What if I do that? What if I started calling scones scones sconces? In high school, I yeah, uh, was sorry. theater tech person, and we were building a set. And I remember what the show was. It doesn't matter, but we had to put sconces on the walls, and so I kept calling them scones, and they kept going like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Give me them blueberry scones to put up on the wall." Anyways, the sconces are not here, of course. When the sure. place was flooded, they moved every piece of Flotsam and Jetsam that was worth salvaging and took detailed records because they had interns for that shit or something. Somebody did it. It took a month, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, And not to say that just having three sconces on the wall in the middle of a corridor isn't, you know, weird. Uh-huh. I feel like... This was the Atlantis version of Naughty Dog Yellow. Yeah. <laughs> like, look right here. Sconce. Look right here. Are you looking right here? Here is the answer to if your question. If you were ever lost, look for a sconce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful fly through the city. And in, uh, like, Mimic Kay's lab, they're going through photos of the area right after the flood. Yeah. And they find the right hallway. And they do the random... Um, also, that couch better not assume. You better throw that couch away if that shit's been submerged that in water. That shit's mold, yo. 
But the sconces were knocked to the floor. They do the highlight enhance. Enhance. Yeah. And thankfully, one for good plot lines, arcs, and this episode, four years ago, they carefully packed away these three specific sconces, mm-hmm. kept them all together, Thank labeled goodness. and ready to go. Look, you've met me. Yeah. It's possible that me was on that Atlantis. Here's what I would have found more realistic. Uh-huh. Like... They had to hunt for them. Like, one was still in storage in a box with a bunch of other identical sconces. Sure. Then the other two were used and replaced. Replaced other broken sconces elsewhere in the city. Yeah. It's possible. I just... I've met myself. This is true. I do weirdly archive all of the things... In fact, it's a little bit my job. Uh, either way, we fly through yeah, the city yeah, yeah. again, and oh, in a storage room. I do room... love these constant fly through the cities. Can we take oh, a minute? They're gorgeous. Uh huh. I love them. Yes. But more so than just we archived these three sconces, we archived them in the archive room in stupid, crazy, expensive pelican boxes, not a cardboard box, Mm -mm. these three specifically together in one box that you could easily fit a ton more shit in. Here's what I think. I think somebody was like, these are special. (laughs) I'm going to come back to this project. And never did. Put them in a separate... Nope, don't put them in the cardboard box. Put them in the separate pile... (laughs) And then never remember why I made the separate... Because, as much as I like to talk about how I like to be organized, I have done that. Where I'm like, why is this specific item over here all wrapped up by itself? Hi, we are currently in my upstairs room, which is my slash craft room, that half the shit in this room Oh, your room is the final scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark. (laughs) Completely, yeah. It is Warehouse 13. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just... Because I'm also looking for a Pelican-type box right now, they're fucking expensive. Yeah. Knockoffs are expensive. That's not like you put these three sconces. Yeah, well, you know, they were trying to get the budget increase, so they had to spend a lot of money that year. Another big thigh through out back to the hallway, back to the edge of the city. And as Mm -hmm. Daniel plugs the last light in, he notices they all make a different noise. Lights are sounds. And and Rodney's like, lights are not sound. I mean, (laughs) light is both a wavelength and a particle. (laughs) That's true. Uh, which, no, that sound does not normally happen, but they've been underwater and in storage for years, so maybe they're broken. It's like an old Fisher-Price toy. They're just like, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, Daniel thinks it's way more exciting than that. It's a puzzle. Well, yay. Maybe you have to activate them in a specific order. And McCain's like, it's a three-digit code with three options. That's stupid easy to break. I I do. I got a little annoyed when Rodney wasn't curious. Thankfully, he gets curious he in does. a second here. Because I'm like, Rodney, now you're just <laughs> cutting your nose to spite your face. You're refusing to do a thing you yeah. love yeah. because it's Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it's hitting them in a specific order with some duplications or timing. And think out of the box. The yeah. notes are specific. Uh-huh. Well... Think Jim and the holograms. I mean, they don't remind McKay of Janice's favorite Brian Eno track, Mm -hmm. which ambient sound installations are right up his warehouse. Yep. So um, maybe it has something to do that he could press them quickly. You know, clicks like buttons for a while, figuring things out. Yep. McKay ends up at the end of the hallway with one hand in the wall and has an idea. 
I do love their different approaches where uh, Rodney's like running things through his mind, running things through his mind, where as Stanley's approaches, what if I touch it this way? What if I, what if I touch way? it this other way? I'm what if I just buttons. keep touching it? I'm just going to keep touching all the buttons. buttons. Um, I do feel like you and I are in this room right now uh-huh. Uh-huh. together yes. on the screen. Yes. That's all. Uh-huh. Except we don't tend to bicker that much. No. Yeah. I, Although we did learn that we do bicker, we had a fun moment, and I don't think we shared it on the pod. No, we did not because it happened. No, it happened Friday, but we didn't share it on the pod. It was like it was like last Friday or something yes. where there was a big bicker that you and I had, and then I thought, well, after we were done, uh-huh. we were fine. Yeah. The rest of the room had a vibe. Pins could have dropped, and I was like, oh, we made that. They don't realize how we bicker and we're fine they don't realize how we discuss problems when we have two different opinions yeah to where we just keep talking over each other until yeah. we figure something out uh-huh. we brute force an answer <laughs> it works it works uh other people did not know that other how people we were like mommy and mommy are yelling <laughs> It was quite amusing. Yeah. Um, anyway, so McKay has an idea. He tells Danny to go to the end of the hallway and press against the wall real hard. <laughs> and it's McKay's turn to tell Daniel to humor him. Yeah. And on the count of three, he wants Daniel to push as hard as he can. McKay just quickly hits all three in a row so they harmonize at once and Daniel face plants through the Yay. wall. Daniel, you should have better balance than that. I get that you went hard, <laughs> but also... Yeah, no, just uh, be a little prepared on your feet. It doesn't matter which order the notes are played and it's all of them playing at once. That is the key. Yes. So he does it again and just walks through the, wa- the yep. wall and on the other side in the dark, Daniel's like, ow, <laughs> fuck you much. Yeah, a little um, bit. I like that he stays there for dramatic effect. Yeah. Because he probably could have gotten up oh, by 100%. that point. But he's like, no, I'm going to stay here and show him what he did to me. Uh, it's controlled harmonic resonance, which yeah. supposedly Tesla was working on before Edison trashed his lab because Edison was kind of a bit of an asshole. Uh-huh. Uh, and the wall was designed to become destable when hit with a very specific harmonic resonance. Mm-hmm. And the strong magnetic property of the particles is what keeps the door as a wall the rest of the time. It's like a solid mass hologram. Nice. So basically you shook it. You shook it you loose. You shook it at a very specific frequency. Uh-huh. To mm-hmm. shook it loose. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's like quicksand. Yeah, 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 yeah. If yeah. there's certain ways, well, I feel like there's something else. It's it's like sand in general. If you stand on it certain ways, yeah, you stand on it. Other ways, it'll give. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't oh, know. it's like um, I'm trying to think of what the other thing is. Yep. I'm thinking of. Yep, it's the fluid. It's yeah. something fluid. Yeah, yeah. Where you have to run across it real fast. Yes. And I just forgot the name of it. It no, has but... a famous scientist's name attached to it. Blah blah. Yep. So <laughs> Daniel got out of this. He could have walked through the door instead of falling through it. Uh-huh. Well. Yes, McKay knows, admits exactly he knew what he was doing. Yeah. But welcome to Janice's secret lab. Yeah, we As did the place lights it. up, as they stand up and we get a full, beautiful camera shot around the whole place. And unknown to them, there's one panel where a red light is flashing. Those are always good. Red lights, great. Yep. Great sign of things to come. And we uh, see a planet. Mm-hmm. That has a red light flashing on an ancient-looking technology and a yeah. guy in a full armor suit telling the others that the device has been activated. So at the risk of spoiling a plot thing in the next uh, Horizon uh-huh. game, yeah, I'm going to call these guys the Zeniths. The Zeniths? Yep. Cool. These are Zeniths. And if you have played Forbidden West, you know what I'm talking about. That's all. 
Meanwhile, on the Daedalus, uh-huh. Wolsey is in the Room of Requirements, yep. writing and going over notes, which we find out is a speech she's working on. Oh, boy. And I find it sweet that even Wolsey notices that she's girly without her burly protector these days. Yeah. But Ronan's in the lab. Mm-hmm. Probably sleeping. Yeah. Uh, the speech is, well, because this is a momentous occasion. <laughs> you know what it is? She said, I'm going to go talk to Wolsey. And he's like, I'm good. I'm going to stay here. Yeah. Um. It's a momentous occasion. The Wraith are going to take a step forward, not only for their own benefit, for that of the entire galaxy. It's an historic date. He believes it deserves some recognition. Mm-hmm. So far, he's a little ashamed to admit all he has is today is an historic day. Oh, boy. You know, it's a work in progress. It's Again, it's very... He's so pure-minded. I know. He's like, I just want to create... A cool thing for the future. I know. And like, because these are the things that he grew up on. Yes. He probably reads famous world speeches for funsies. he does. Yeah. Anyway. So John comes through the magic wall, which is really cool. But what happens if the sound goes off and you're in the middle of the wall and the cave's like, well, your body would break apart. I do like John's style as he goes through the yeah. wall. Because he's not really running, but he's like almost like skipping. Oh, I or... would do. That's what yeah. I would do. I would nine and three quarters that shit. But here's the, here's the catch. This is McKay. Um, and McKay would be terrified of his body breaking apart like that. Yes. So I guarantee you that subspace tone generator he set up is reliable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do like that they have this conversation. No, if you do it wrong, it's going to kill you. Yep. Uh, Daniel admits this is most definitely Janice's secret lab. Mm-hmm. Lots of people working in here now. The bad news is, is finding it was the easy part. Yep. The whole place is encrypted to levels that the most paranoid NSA agents would not use. <laughs> there are math ciphers. There's ancient knowledge puzzles. And Yikes, we have to get through that before they even know what is here. Yikes. Um, John's impressed. These two, you two make a really good team. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them want to admit or acknowledge or hear or accept or want anything to do with that. Ew. Super ew, ew. how dare you. How? It's disgusting. Uh-huh. Um, cool. Well, John's going to go back to being the boss now, mm-hmm. which is boring. Yep. Um, and McKay offers that he would come, you know, John would come and help crack this first cipher if you want to come. And he turns to Daniel with a little mock. You know, he's, you know, John could have been a Mensa, you know. Um, let's talk about Mean Girl McKay. Oh my gosh. And like Daniel on his own is like, has a little snark laugh. Yeah. Okay. First of all, this is your friend. Yeah. This guy you don't even like. Now you're suddenly mean girling with him. Second of all, you've been around John long enough to know that, yeah, he actually probably could have been in Mensa. This all goes to show you the truth. Rodney's constant grading with Daniel is because he needs to be the smartest guy in the room and he is insecure about his smarts. Oh, I mean, so being able to be like, look, there's John. He's dumb. Yeah. Makes him feel better. hundred percent. You are a mean girl and you need therapy. Speaking from other former mean girl. And I certainly (laughs) am not in the picture where I have previously been intimidated. Oh, if I'm, if I'm not at least one of the smartest people in the room because I rely on my intelligence to impress people. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's Rondi's thing is he yeah. just wants to impress people. That's what I'm saying. I'm not he wants this, to be impressive. I'm not in this picture at all. No, not even a little bit. Not at all. Now, what Rodney doesn't know, Rodney only, <laughs> is that people already find them impressive. Well, 
The difference also <laughs> is, is that I feel like I have at least acknowledged and understand and ex- uh, acknowledgement is the first step in... I love this. This podcast has become therapy for the both of us. I know. <laughs> I really tried really hard to get yeah, better at that. Yeah, yeah. But that was a glimpse of me in my 20s. Sure. I get it. Uh, <laughs> I do. Oh, 20s. Um, also, and- my... Um, Google Doc. Yeah. Autocorrected. In this moment only, yeah. Rodney's name to Donkey, and it feels appropriate. <laughs> He's an ass. Um, <laughs> also, McKay, you have known John long enough that that's not how you insult or annoy John. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't affect him. He much. doesn't give a shit. He gives no shit. Uh-huh. Uh He just continues on and wants updates when you geniuses have a goddamn breakthrough. Yeah. And he leaves, and that device is still flashing red. Mm-hmm. No reason. No, no reason, reason at all. No Zenus are looking for that. Um. By the way, this is non. This is not podcast related. But I also want to tell Grace this because we are sitting in a new window. Yes, and we can see outside. And there is a neighbor. I keep looking at the puppo. Who is has, that a new puppo? This is the new puppo. This is the new puppo. Uh, that's the new puppo. And do you want to know what puppo's name is? Yes, Vala. On now, purpose? Not named oh. after Arvala. Named after like it. the Celtic, you know, goddess type thing. Um, but yeah, that Puppo's name is Vala. I will say that this new uh spot we're recording from yeah. has given me it's like the Puppo watching. Corner. It is. This is where I sat when I worked from home. I'm a big fan of Puppo Corner. And uh so Vala is the new dog of the owners who previously had a dog named Zoe named from Firefly. Yes. Who we both have Puppos named after Firefly. We, the whole game. So they are on our terms of dog naming. I'm here for it. So I'm watching the Puppo. Uh, uh, just to let everyone know, Vala is a really, really adorable four-year-old rescue pity yeah I'm who a big is fan. so sweet and has the biggest grin the biggest pity happy grin who goes right up to everyone and gives them nothing but love i feel like i need to give this man my drakey for a week yeah because drakey is all love he just is not well behaved yeah and i'm just gonna be like show me your waist oh they walk around with dog treats yeah, that's the plan huh? yeah they that's just what i gotta do dog treats yeah and then they give lots of dog treats that's what i gotta do i just gotta invest in more treats so back to podcast yes uh the daedalus comes out of hyperspace in the middle of a collection of hives all right because that's happening that's also happening so much also 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 uh todd and his group are on their way and mark skits the bridge while caldwell joins the others to meet their guests mm-hmm. we see the wraith shuttle land in the 302 bay the other side of the hangar door, don't worry, there's also guards behind them. Caldwell, Woolsey, Keller, and Ronan all wait. Yeah. A little nervous or impatient or both as Tide arrives with two others and cuts Woolsey off as he tries to make the speech Woolsey prepared. So rude. So rude. Tan just turns to Keller and says he wants to get started as soon as possible. Yeah. He kind of doubts this plan is going to work at all and he'd rather just drop the unfounded pleasantries as he cuts Woolsey off again. Yeah. And Woolsey just tells Keller to go ahead and lead the way. Real fucking annoying. Yeah. He wrote a whole speech. Poor guy. I feel like he's a little bit sad, too. Oh, he's sad. He's, yeah, he's just bummed. He's like, 
You could still put it down in the record books. 100%. You know Today what? was the day, the blah, 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 blah. He's going to say when he made it. in the course of Wraithy events. He's going to say that he made the speech. It becomes necessary for... Us to stop uh, eating humans. Ta-da, the end, etc., etc. Uh, sometime shortly before dawn, both mm-hmm. men are the last ones up in the lab, working on unlocking Janice's secrets. McKay's mm-hmm. yawning. Daniel wipes his eyes. And you know what? We can really call it a night at this point. And McKay's like, no, I'm I'm fine. Uh-huh. I'm fine. But if, if you need rest, I totally understand. And Daniel's like, is everything a fucking competition yeah, with you? Yeah, he's had it. He's done. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I don't know what you mean. Yeah. What? Daniel's like, I found you a secret lab full of cool, like, ancient shit. Maybe this could score some points with you. Mm-hmm. You would think. And McKay admits, yes, it's cool. Yes, I've been brusque with you. Shocker. Yeah. Um, But McKay honestly didn't think that Daniel was going to find anything. Quite yeah. honestly. Daniel's like, well, par for the course for me. Yeah, he's like... I'm not surprised. <laughs> not I live new. here. Um, I have no more feelings to give. It's okay. I'm already dead inside. I spent most of his professional life being ridiculed for his theories. Yeah. By the way, most of which are right. Mm-hmm. Not that he's keeping track. Yep. But he is a little bit. But it, So he's used to being doubted. Mm-hmm. And McKay's like, does that bother you? <laughs> like, no vindication, no recognition, no credit, and... You know, it's like, well, pot kettle black. I mean, yeah. same for you. The work you've done, you probably could have had five Nobel Prizes by now. It's funny that Daniel has to point that out to McKay. Yeah. McKay's so busy feeling not enough that he doesn't realize how far along he is. And I think there's a part of it where, yes, another another thing where McKay and I might be a little alike. Um, McKay wants to share his work because he finds it really exciting and really cool. And he wants other people to like expect them to be as excited and cool as into it. But McKay doesn't actually want to write papers to get published. Yeah. Because that's boring. Yeah. He just wants to share with other people. Yeah. And have them be as excited as he is. Exactly. Unfortunately, like someone in this room (laughs) and someone who I live with, (laughs) the rest of the world just doesn't get as excited. Nope. (laughs) Not for lack of understanding. Nope. Well, maybe for lack of understanding, but sometimes it's just like, we're just not there. I, this happened again this week. Uh I've been learning coding. Yep. As I will mention again in another part of this episode. And there is a specific thing in learning JavaScript and React and action, uh, uh, batch play and shit. I have been working on figuring, doing this one simple thing for like two months. I've been doing other stuff around it, but there's one thing that's been hanging me up for two months. I'm yeah. trying to figure out and I finally figured it out on like Thursday. Yeah. And I got so excited and I stood up, put my hands in the air and I was super excited. And I was like, I couldn't, there, I, I tried to share it with a few people. And they're like, that's cool. And I'm like, it is. That's about as much as you're going to get out of that room in general. I know. Like, no one's excited about anything, unless it's free food. I know, but I was so excited. (laughs) I just want to, I just, I'm really excited. They're looking at you going, does this get me free food today or not? It'll help your work in the future. Yeah. I will say, uh, 
unrelated before we get too far away from this yes. i wanted to note how adorable caldwell is in the moment oh. when um yeah. woolsey can't share a speech and <laughs> he know. was like what were you gonna say what like do it? you want to tell me he's like no i don't want to tell you my speech no you're dumb okay that's all um but you know yeah mckay knows you know but none of us signed up for this to get famous Daniel jokes, he goes, no, he did it, you know, he did it for the money. Uh-huh. And McKay laughs and is then just, uh, wait, you don't get, you don't get paid more than I do, do you? <sighs> Again, one, way to so ruin the focused moment. on all that. <laughs> but also, like, I hear that joke and I'm like, no, Daniel's telling you he doesn't get paid shit either. I know. <laughs> You're so focused on the competitive part <laughs> that what Daniel is saying is you both... <laughs> Are shopping at Sears. <laughs> That's all. How much does it take to ship Sears to the Pegasus Galaxy? <laughs> What's the shipping I mean, on that? Cheaper than like Landon. <laughs> <laughs> or what is it that they all wear? Uh, the Columbia. Yeah, it's North cheaper. Face. It's cheaper than North Face. North Face. Yeah. Must go on so many adventures. Uh huh. That was the joke. As someone who owns North Face and genuinely enjoys it and look it's not patagonia but let's not crib over details here <laughs> yeah. that was a joke when we were traveling internationally every time we saw someone like wearing north face who clearly like doesn't do adventure things sure it's like oh you must go on so many adventures <laughs> <laughs> i don't do anything and i refuse to shop anywhere but target but that's because i'm a cheapskate well i just don't shop anywhere these days Thanks. i shop at the fabric store there you go that works too <laughs> Um, anyway, it is, it is night. We are in the ocean and a portal opens right above the water, a hyperspace window. That's and fine. a small ship flies out. That's super normal. In the control room, Chuck is, has his feet up reading the Martian general's daughter. Thank um, you. I was actu- wondering. Actual book. Nice. When the computer pings, what just happens, and it's not the Daedalus, and it's an unknown IFF. <laughs> so they wake John up, who's just sleeping in bed in full clothing uh-huh. with his book. I'm probably still reading War and Peace. He's still on, like, page three. Yeah. He's in the acknowledgments. Um, also a little surprised that Chuck patched into his penis room, but we'll ignore that for now. Yeah. Um, and we can see a small ship approaching the city while John gets to the control room wanting an update and hearing what's going on. He wants jumpers in the air, but that's not going to be enough time because nope. that ship is going to be here in, like, ten seconds. Yeah. Um, we're, we're toast. So they put the shields up. First of all, how... Besides so that we could see the cool graphic sequence, how do you not fucking have the shields up already? Yeah, how are the shields up not before you call John? Or, like, right as you're calling John. Yeah. Anyways, that doesn't really give... It doesn't matter in this case, because the ship can fly straight through the shields, uh, and it heads to the end of the pier, and it's just straight through the shields. Like... It's a fast pass, right in. (sighs) Um... That just throws everyone at the control room. Oh, yeah. That's always been their, like, go-to. That's concerning. Mm-hmm. I mean, ancient ships can do that, but is that an ancient ship? Mm, uh, John, it's the far zenith. John wants Taylor and some Marines to go meet him at the pier, and mm-hmm. he runs off. And when we see, we see the ship, like, inside the shield, unfolding a bottom, and three figures just drop. Yep. Landing and going through the roof of a building. Yep. And they come out of a transport and seem to know directly where they're going. Yep. Taylor and Marines and John run out Ooh. to intercept them. 
They reach out right as the figures have put a circle on the ground, press a button and just drop, making their own elevator where there was no elevator. It's like, remember the rings? Yeah. This is better. <laughs> we make our own rings. Yeah. Um, and what else is at the bottom of this tower but one Rodney McKay? Oh, boy. Of course. So they do stop right in the hallway, right outside Janice's secret lab that previously mm-hmm. no one can find. And now aliens have just come and gone directly to it. Yep. The shield went goes up as soon as the elevator gets to their intended destination. Level five, secret labs. Yes. And menswear. <laughs> And they spread. So John radios to McKay that he has to get out of there now. But before McKay can grok at all what he means, the figures walk through the wall without hesitation, just stun McKay and Daniel unconscious. And just caveman them out of there. Yeah. And they pick up the device with the flashing light. Uh Uh-huh. Our team arrives in the scene, but before they can open fire, the figure in the hallway just puts up a large energy shield blocking all the bullets without Mm -hmm. any issues at all. Yep. The other two come back out of the lab, one with a device, the other just dragging two men by single arms. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not by their hair. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, And four of them escape through the elevator all the way back up to the ship. Yikes. Here's what I can't figure out. Uh Uh-huh. The third one that dies. Yes. Was he a sacrifice to get the others off the ship? Because his shield drops the moment they're gone. And I always assumed he dropped it on purpose, but... (laughs) Yeah, I think the mission, the critical part of the mission was get the stuff and the people and get out. And I think in a split second, it's like, well, I guess I don't get to go back. We can't fit all of us I think he just made the choice and was like, well, I guess I'm not going back. I die here. Yeah. Either way, as soon as the device and our two people are on that mysterious (sighs) ship, they are gone. Yeah. Because I imagine this guy's more... Worried about not getting Daniel McKay and the device back than he is his life. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So very soon after, at dawn, we planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zelenka <laughs> also is on the scene. He scans the figure, yep. but really don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. So they're going to get a gurney and put it under the medical scanner. And yes, the rumors are true. McKay and John, not there. And Daniel. John is clearly... Er- yeah. I gotcha. Yep. McKay and Daniel are not here, and John is having a hard time processing that. Yep. Because it all happened very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're alive still, as Daniel gently smacks McKay awake. Um, since Daniel is new to this galaxy, he was really hoping that McKay would know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. How often does this happen and to you? And who kidnapped them? But no, they're in a cell with uh, some bars, but mostly lasers and black. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's real odd that they discover Janice's secret lab and then less than a day later, aliens go straight to the alien lab and then kidnap them. Crazy how nature do that. That's fun. Atlantis, they're trying to put the pieces together. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the figures knew exactly what they were looking for. In and out. Wasted no time. Taylor noticed the device they took with them as well as they left. Yep. Inside the lab, Zelenka admits that they haven't even been able to inventory this shit. They have no clue what they took. We don't have interns like we did after the flooding. No. Yeah. The, they were all killed. <laughs> In the floods. In the floods. <laughs> They're all killed by rain. Yeah. They are our sacrifices to the rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> all the red shirts. All the red shirts. And everything in this lab came on when the guys came in, most likely when McKay and his gene came yeah, in. Yeah, makes sense. And John figures the most likely answer is that something was broadcasting a subspace signal and was turned on with everything else. 
Sounds right. Which is such a great answer that McKay thinks of it at the exact same time, wherever the fuck he is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real-time subspace link. It can be read from, like, half a galaxy mm-hmm. away. John continues. Yeah. That there's aliens out there. They find some ancient lab, maybe even Janice's lab. It's dormant. It's not working. And then one day, randomly, all of it fucking activates. Yeah. I'd love to hear... What Rodney thinks of John finding out the exact same thing he did at the exact same time. How much will that mess with him? Uh, McKay will just assume that he thought of it No, no, he didn't. No, yeah, that's not how it went down. That's not how it went down. Uh, He'll want to know the exact time, like the time after he's kidnapped. Yeah. How long? I'd I'd already thought of it. Uh, And McKay continues. So the aliens are scratching their heads, confused, no idea what's going on. They find the subspace link. And John finishes the sentence, mm-hmm. so they follow it back to Atlantis. Ta-da! The group figures McKay and Daniel weren't the targets. Yeah. The device was. The guys were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Again, mirror conversation on the ship. And Daniel's like, well, like, what do we do now? Mm, we wait for John to rescue us, is probably <laughs> what Rodney says. We have to get out of here, but considering the most likely on a ship in hyperspace, where the fuck are they going to go? Uh-huh. Uh, McKay's like, don't worry, I'll think of something. I always do. Uh-huh. As he touches one of the laser bars and Yay. it burns him. <laughs> Daniel's like, yeah, I already tried that as apps you. He's like, were you gonna say something before I touched it? And he's like, no. Yeah. Well, I like that he repeats his own line back yeah. at him. <laughs> yes, I could have. I could have, yeah. Um, and they have nothing but the clothes in their backs. They are surrounded by laser walls. I don't know how much play they have here. And you know, they do have one thing going for them, McKay adds. They're not dead yet. And brains. Well, we'll get to the baredness of it all. Yay. <laughs> so I'm sure Keller would love these guys mucking around in their infirmary. In uh-huh. her infirmary. Yeah. But scanning the figure isn't doing much good. Zelenka tells him that the suit is emitting EM field. Yeah. And it's blocking the scanner. No idea how to turn it off. So no clue if there's a human inside, if there's a robot inside. Yeah. We can't. Penetrate the suit with science. Nope. Yeah. Taylor wonders, remembers we are telling them that there were other advanced civilizations out there. And so, mm-hmm. like, maybe this could be one of them. And I just noticed and would think it was telling that this was from the last time they encountered Weir. Yeah. When she was Not Fran. Weir. Yeah. And she is like, Weir told us this. Yeah. I don't know if everyone in that city would phrase it that way. Yeah, I agree. I think Taylor's one of the few who would, even if she didn't think it though, I feel like she would phrase it that way in order for make it a, to make it a valid statement. No, I agree. I think that Taylor is someone who's like that was weird. Yeah, yeah. she may have been uncertain, but I think that last move, yeah, solidified it. Well, John figures they just made first contact. What a first contact! Yeah, and they should cut the suit open. That sounds like a great idea. So they try to cut the suit open, uh, <laughs> and Zelenka dulls a blade in minutes. Yeah, yeah. And John's like, well, what about that soft neck section of the armor, which Zelenka's hesitant at? Oh, Because here's the thing. They're pretty sure it's dead. But, like... What if it's not? It's not confirmed. Also, I'd be hesitant even if I knew it's dead, because being dead doesn't necessarily stop something... From rising up and attacking you. Yeah. I would have trouble <laughs> cutting the way they're cutting. Yeah. 
I think I'd be like, we need like a quick machete hack. <laughs> so you can hit it and go, hit it and go. Yeah, the, the amount of time he has to sit there is the part that would get me. Yeah. Anyways, he gets another blade and a larger blade. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does start working. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also this like problem of there's now a blinking light that is blinking faster it's and faster. Probably on his chest. It's probably. probably fine. It's probably not a self-destruct. Everyone runs from the room. Suit and body blow up. Yikes. Keller is going to be so mad. Yeah. They made a mess in if her lap. they do not clean that mess up mm-hmm. before they she gets back. She's going to be pissed. You think that having the suit blow up was the most explosive thing? No. She'd be so mad. Yeah. Um, whatever is in that suit must remain a secret. Mm-hmm. On the Daedalus, Keller and Todd are working. Keller has um, done over 100 simulations. They've all worked. Todd's like, we both know that computer simulations and live trials, two different things. Yep. And you can tell Keller is nervous with, like, don't falter, but nervous about working this close to Todd. Yeah. Keeps the eyes on the guards that are there. She's like, look, this isn't being done cavalierly. I stand behind all of this. This will work. He's Todd's like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, he's very blasé about it. And Keller asks him directly, like, do you even want this to work? Mm, that's the question. He goes, look, I see the benefits. And even if it was just used on some of our soldiers, our troops, the cannon fodder, if you will. Yeah. I mean. I love the side eye she gives him when he says this. Yeah, part. why waste the resources on someone who's going to die anyway? Sure. But. The non-soldiers, the higher-up wraith, it's going to be really hard to convince them to give themselves over to the good of the human race. Sure. Keller's like, but this is for your benefit, too. If you don't have to feed on humans, the war's going to be over. And Todd's like, but then what would we do? Yeah, that's where our fun is. Who would we be? Mm-hmm. That's really the issue here, isn't it? And Keller realized that there is a lot about the rake she does not understand. Yep. Yep. So the ship with the brains arrives <laughs> on Hoth. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Hoth. It's called it's Hoth. That's how it works with cold planets. Land covered in snow. There's a base. Uh, and the device and the men are led down a hallway. Daniel tries to bard with them. Not barter. Just bard mm-hmm. at them. Uh, <laughs> to talk to someone in charge. McKay's just cringing in pain. Mm-hmm. So they led to a different lab. Yep. Very ancient feel and told to get the device operational and just left there. Mm-hmm. Get to work. McKay's like, I don't even know what the fuck this device is. And the door's shut. There's no controls for the door on this side, so he can't, like, override them or anything. Do Where even... do they go bathroom? Corner. Oof. In the room with the glowy thing. Look, nerves is going to make some people need to poop. If you just go into the room with the glowy thing, when the electricity hits, it'll just burn it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, they don't even know where they are. Um, McKay figures it's another Janus facility, which mm. sucks because that means it's hard to find. Yep. Which means rescue won't be soon. Mm-hmm. And finally, McKay recognizes that there was a device also brought with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh, by the way, yeah. Operational. And since McKay figures they won't get much information from Talkie Mick says a lot out there, <laughs> let's dig into the consoles and see what's what. And there's a moment where Danny's about to turn something on, and McKay's like, "No, not that, because I want to do it." Yeah, I want to touch the button. 
Uh, and he reaches across and presses the button and then just kind of pushes Daniel out of the way so he can be the one driving and Daniel may soon find himself figuring out the device on his own because he may kill McKay. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Yep. John and Amelia are walking and talking up the stairs to the control room. They're in full alert. Mm-hmm. Jumpers flying in formation. Chairs ready and waiting. Marines on every fifth floor. Uh, Zelenka may have something, though. He's been working through the idea the device was broadcasting a subspace signal. And while he could track it easily if it was here in Atlantis, it's not. So instead, he's using the work of Laszlo, baby. Uh-huh. Bye bye. I'm fucking up that name as a starting spot. And honestly, no offense, Link isn't sure he can dumb this math down far enough for it to make sense to John. And John's like, fucking try it. Can I? John's patience <laughs> this episode with all these fucking assholes being like, are you smart enough to even be here? I have hidden math intelligence, bitch. And it's like, motherfuckers, I am in charge of this joint. Pretend. Yeah. yeah. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Uh, he's like, okay, so he's going over the records of sp- subspace logs to try to extrapolate a single thread that will lead them to the area of space the device is. Mm-hmm. He's like, that, was that so hard? He goes, well, it's not really an accurate representation of what I'm doing, but sure. <laughs> God damn it. Sorry. Um, but Laszlo Babai, Babai, mm-hmm. and yes, I'm pronouncing it wrong. He's actually a Hungarian professor of computer science and mathematics at the University of Chicago. Oh, okay. And according to his wiki... His research focuses on computational complexity theory, algorithms, combined trunks, and finite what? groups. Wait, what was that? Whatever that word says. Combinatronics? Sure. Combinatronics. I see what you were doing. That's I just what wasn't I said. sure what you were doing. I don't know what I was doing either. Uh-huh. Uh, and how all those fields interact. And half the stuff on his Wikipedia page, look, I'm not going to pretend I know anything about it. It is not my area of science. And half the words, I don't know what they are. Like graph, isomorphism, and quasi-polynomial time. (laughs) Like isomorphism (laughs) sounds like two exact opposite words put together. That's I'm like, I know what parts of those words mean, and I do not know what they mean. And they are contradicting each other. I feel like this man made up his own science. You know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh A lot of the greatest scientists kind of do. Oh, I didn't mean that in a negative way. Yeah. I just mean like he just made it up. So Uh we don't get to know what it means. Unless you understand, unless you listen to him and understand it. Mm -hmm. It's about his book. Uh, I'm sure it's real interesting. I not, not my corner of the world to understand. So in the alien lab, McKay is looking at some device in a blue tinted room. And Daniel realizes is this lab is tied into some serious power generation. Yep. Unlike Daniel has ever seen before. And McKay realizes what this place is. Mm-hmm. It's an endgame machine. Mm-hmm. And if it works the way he thinks he works, it would end the Wraith once and for all. Yeah. And Daniel's like, well, how would you destroy the Wraith? McKay's like, I never said destroy. Although, be a byproduct of it. It would stop them in their tracks. It cuts slow and booming blade combined. Yes. Yeah. It creates a very specific subspace static, mm-hmm. like turbulence. So while they're mostly the same, they do the same thing. Every race has their own builds of hyperdrives. Sure. Um, ours are based on the Asgard drive with human twist in it because mm-hmm. we like to flavor things. Sure. And the ancients had their own. The Wraith have their own. And if that device in the other room can function safely, it will disrupt 
the specific subspace frequencies the Wraith use for their hyperspace drives. Yikes. So while they could engage their hyperdrive, that layer of subspace would be destabilized and their ship would get ripped into a million pieces. Yep. Which both are like, that's real effective. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> because even if word got around the other wraith to not use their hyperdrive, they're just stuck on sublight. Mm-hmm. And anyone else's hyperdrives are safe to use. They can just go and pick off the wraith one by one. You can just sneak attack them all. Let them die in the vastness of space. Uh huh. But that idea is great. But any idea that great has to have a catch. Yes. And this catch is that Janus ran a three-day test 10,000 years ago and shut down the program because of unexpected side effects, which is to right now, McKay has no clue what they are. Super great. And the one little piece the alien stole from the Atlantis lab is the key. Janus brought it back to Atlantis and still kept it connected to the system here. Mm -hmm. And yeah, McKay absolutely can get it up and working, but should he? Yeah. I mean, do we want to uh, move the clock forward? Look, the last time AK did something like this, he kind of destroyed the solar system. Yeah. And Daniel isn't keen on unexpected side effects. I appreciate Daniel's like, well, don't do that. But also not like shocked because like, okay, yes. Okay. Sam's done this before. But so what else are they supposed to do right now? Here's the beauty. Atlantis team, you are not used to having a full bard with you. No bards. No bards on there. Because th- th- Weir was close. Yeah. Yeah. But what they do next is they talk. Mm-hmm. So the aliens come in and our bard starts a barden. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, we're not saying he rolled well. Yeah. Uh, look, ending the wraith, the wraith's reign over the galaxy sounds great. Love the idea. On board with it. But obviously there's a reasons why this project was abandoned. Uh-huh. It can't work safely. Yeah. The figure in front of him says nothing. The Zeniths don't give a shit. We look, we share the same goal. We want to end the wraith. We may uh-huh. have a lot in common again. Uh-huh. No shits. Nothing. Um, you know, given time, sure, we could get it up and running, but we have to contact our people because, look, I'm not that kind of scientist. Mm-hmm. And the figure just turns to McKay and goes, look, if you don't get it operational in an hour, we're going to kill him. Interesting. And when McKay repeats that he understands that, the figure just turns and leaves. Yep. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what happens when you roll a one. Yeah, it's bad times. It's not good. <laughs> That's a critical failure. Yeah. They're lucky they're not dead on the spot. So McKay just turns back to the console. Great plan, Danny. Yikes. And Daniel is pondering something Mm -hmm. unrelated to that. Why the suits? They're in battle. They're not like SWAT gear. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's protective? This is where I relate to Daniel. I'm like, (laughs) let's look at everything else in this picture. Uh Maybe they can't breathe their atmosphere. Like, why are these people still wearing They're probably just allergic to water. They probably are. Mm Mm-hmm. So, cool. Or, like, the Mandalorians, they take an oath. So, yeah. you know, never reveal themselves. Well, I was making a science joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dumbest movie ever. Okay, I'm done. Oh, I was there, too. Oh, got it, I got was it, just got giving it. a separate... Got it, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> that movie's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, McKay is like, cool, let's just add that to the list of items that has nothing to do with the task at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel's like, yeah, but it might be the key to figuring out who they are. Yeah. And he's like, cool, you work on that. I'm going to work on making sure we aren't killed. Yeah. Again, laser focused. Yeah. Isn't the only approach. 
Yeah. So in the Atlantis control room, Zelenka has a guess mm-hmm. of a planet that they're on, like 80% sure. And I, again, it reinforces the idea there's like a coordinate system for where the planets are, because there's no other reason they'd have a number <laughs> yeah. that would make sense. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. It's coordinates. We're just going to make that choice for them. Um, And there's no gate on the planet. The Daedalus is out of communications range. And the rendezvous point with Todd is nowhere near a Stargate. Mm-hmm. So, John is going to get a team ready. He wants Elenka to boost the subspace communications on a jumper as far as he possibly can. They're going to gate to as close as they can to where the Daedalus would be. Hope to be able to radio them. And have a pick them up on the way to rescue Daniel and McKay. Perfect. Everybody wins. In Janice's mystery other lab, McKay's actually ready to turn the device on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't broken. Janice just turned it off. Yep. Um, they have the device part they need. They have a basic understanding of Janice's coding style, which as someone who is learning code, my brain hurts just thinking about trying to understand unfamiliar code. Yeah. <laughs> my brain might be bleeding from that. Um, they have McKay's ATA gene. They're ready to turn it on mm-hmm. and Daniel reminds him you don't have to do this like if it means a solar system that's going to explode let's not do this how about don't but he's like look if i don't they're gonna kill you daniel's like look i've died so many times already <laughs> it's fine but when it comes down to it mckay actually doesn't care about the daniel dying part it's more of like if i do nothing they come yeah. kill you and then who gets killed next yeah. me shocker i'm <sighs> fond of me yeah so we might as well do the option where neither one of us die i feel like daniel's again like look <laughs> death isn't even permanent it's fine it's fine yeah at this point i would actually be interesting in how someone could kill me and yeah. have it stick yeah yeah so McKay turns the device on. Mm-hmm. The place quickly fills with electricity sparking everywhere in the other room, not in the mm-hmm. room they're in. Uh, the center is glowing green. They have a classic turnaround as the camera pans in with concern on their faces. Dun, dun, dun. Pretty sure they're both alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, Daniel would hate to think that this is what heaven looks like. Yeah. Oh, and McKay's like, I mean, I think it's hilarious that you think we'd go to heaven. Yeah, literally, you just turn on the, the <laughs> end of the world device, so... <laughs> Daniel's like, that's 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 true. They go and check the room. McKay doesn't see any unforeseen side effects. Mm-hmm. Um, it's working and they're alive. So hopefully the next part is a pat on the back and all expenses paid trip back to Atlantis. Yay. Which probably not, but mm-hmm. they can hope. On the Daedalus, Todd is escorted to the bridge where Woolsey hands him an earpiece because he's being polite and is like, you might as well take the call sure, privately. Yeah. We figured it's only kind. Heads to the front windows, and he gives his people permission to do something. Mm -hmm. Todd will stay here. He hangs up and explains that one of their facilities is under attack from a rival. So the two support ships are going to go deal with that. Mm -hmm. His hive will stay here. Woolsey's glad to hear that. I mean, not like, not the part where your place is attacked. That's bad. But I'm going to stop talking now. Yeah, you fucked up. Mm -hmm. Which, as soon as those hives try to head into hyperspace... Well, that's going to be fun. Remember what the Holdo remover looked like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, those, but also more. Those two ships cease to exist. Yay. And are a spray of particles in space. And from this side, no one knows why. Uh-huh. But Todd immediately assumes Atlantis had something to do with this. It is a lot for Todd to get here this quickly. 
I think it shows how delicate yeah. the trust is no, on both does. sides. No, it does. That's what I mean. It's it's a lot for him to get here yeah. so fast. Uh, he's like, you tricked me. And he drops a glowing device into both his hands from his sleeves. Others can't see. He assumes this is what they're planning all along, that they found the Atero device. Oh, good. He knows what it's called. Thank God, because we didn't know. We didn't know. Obviously, no one else here has any clue what's going on as Todd is talking, but he brings two glowing pieces together in front of him, casts a very interesting spell that I would like to get my hands on, and mm-hmm. everyone on the bridge drops unconscious. Yay. Uh, Todd turns his radio onto his own hive. They're also freaking out about what just happened. He's like, look, I'm in command of the human transportation system, and I'm just going to start beaming you guys over here immediately. Come join me. We'll party. It'll be great. We're going to go take the ship Mm -hmm. as he sits down in the captain's chair. Yep. Well, if he knows what the device is, then he knows how it works, which makes sense now that he wants the the ship. So Ronan is elsewhere on the ship and pauses when he sees Wraith beaming in directly in front of him. Thankfully, How lucky, yeah. Their backs are turned to Ronan for the safety of the own Wraith. Uh Uh-huh. He's able to slink away. He goes and grabs Keller, pulls her out of the infirmary, and they have to get guns for her quick. Yep. And we see a simulation complete over the computer. Yay. Back on the bridge, they're dragging the crew away, just manhandling marks there. And we see... Emergency lockdown to everything. That's great. Which is going to help all of us a lot. Yeah, all the corridors are shutting down and locking down like the bulkheads. Mm-hmm. As Ronan and Keller run, they get locked in place. The lockdown was not the ship trying to save itself. That was Todd. Yay. Limiting the movements of anyone on the ship. So they can catch them like little trapped mices. Yep, and be more wraith aboard. Mm-hmm. So the device has been on online for 10 minutes now. Yeah, and shit's quickly hit the fan. So far, so good, Daniel. Ask, they can't see any side. Yeah, there's a problem. Yeah. McKay found the log entry that explains what the side effects are. Mm -hmm. It's not harmful radiation. Don't worry. McKay and Daniel are actually fine. Mm -hmm. It's the rest of the galaxy that will have issues, including Atlantis, and they have to shut it down now. Good. This is good. And as soon as he tries to, the door opens. Two figures come in telling him to stand back from the console. McKay ignores them and keeps working, but he's just shot in the back and drops. And Daniel quickly tries to explain that there's a dangerous problem, even though he has no clue what the problem is. Yeah. And they shoot him, too. Because Rodney took long dramatizing about how dangerous it was Uh that he never fucking told me what it was. Uh Well, if you're curious. Yeah. In the jumper, Zelenka is finishing his work as John Taylor and Marines fill the space. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to, Chuck's going to dial the planet close to the Daedalus. They're going to fly through, contact the Daedalus from there. Mm-hmm. And once Zelenka gets back into the control room, they dial up the gate. So does that mean Zelenka would be the boss now? <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. I don't know who's in com- who's in command after After John? John? Chuck? I mean... Of all of, I mean, McKay maybe, but he's gone. I feel like there isn't. I think this is where you start splitting it up into like co-op mode where, <laughs> what's her name? Amelia takes yeah. over the military part of things. Chuck's in charge well, of fucking transpo. No, then we do have someone, um, um, shit. Oh, Kevin Lauren. Smith. Lauren yeah. would be in charge yeah, of yeah, the military. But like, this is where they start to split. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Anyways, so once they dial, there's a uh, there's problems. Mm-hmm. There's a major power spike in the event horizon that Chuck calls attention to, which is weird because Lincoln knows that can't happen. There's no way that could happen. That's mm, that's not a did. thing. And he pulls up his own computer. The information is like, hey, John, don't lower the jumper. Shh, 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 shh. Don't just don't stop. Shit's real bad. Like real. Real, real bad. I I feel like he's saying it's bad, but Zaleka's tone is, stop it. <laughs> hey, John. Hey, John. Hey, stop it, okay? I don't get as amped. You're used to McKay's level of amping up, and yeah. I'm going to keep real calm in this situation. Power is building up to an unprecedented level right now. So can you just not? Thanks. And the team comes down to the control room, and what's worse is Zelenka can't shut it down. Oh, boy. He's been trying, and they can't just wait the 38 minutes for the Stargate to shut down no. on its own because the gate's going to explode before then. Uh-huh. Um, this has never happened to any Stargate on recorded record before, and they have about 90 seconds until it explodes. That's not a well, lot of seconds. Closer to 60 seconds. Yeah, because I spent a lot of it talking to you. They're going to try to evacuate everyone in the towers, and Link is like, you don't quite understand what I mean here. The gate exploding is like a dozen nuclear warheads exploding. Oof. You can't get far enough away. Yeah. yeah so I... the shield, John Quick. Quickly thinks Thank he goodness. could collapse the city shield around the gate. It'll hopefully contain it, which might work. And with such limited time, there's no point in second guessing Jack shit right now. Mm-hmm. Zelenka works as fast as he can. Uh, and just at the last second, a small shield goes up around the gate, which then explodes. <sighs> Where the gate was is just a small sun. Yep. A reminder, guys. Never to look directly at the sun. I love that he has to tell them that. And then they get mad at him for having... <laughs> you you should know that. Just instinctually. <laughs> giant bright thing. Don't, don't look, look directly at it. at it. You're everything in your <laughs> DNA tells you not to do that. Yeah, don't do that. Your lizard brain knows. Don't do that. Yeah, anyway. That's my annoyance with them. Um, there's also it's radiation. Like, I didn't think I fucking had to tell you. <laughs> you people are all smart. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Yeah. Uh, Zelenka's going to try to block the radiation, but it's a fucking massive explosion. And yeah. it takes energy for the shield to contain it. They're frying the shield emitters, and they need another minute minimum to contain the explosion. Mm. They shut down the city to try to direct all the power they can, um, but... Like, John calls for everyone to GTFO and get yeah. to the edge of the city, including Taylor, who a year ago would have put her foot down. And she complains, behind. but she's like, oh, fine. Yeah. yeah. Now she runs out to help organize the evacuation, at mm-hmm. least. And all- <laughs> poor John, all he can do is be like his hype man. Yeah, like, uh, can I rub your shoulders? Yeah. <laughs> what can I do for you? It is very tense. Uh-huh. You could probably use a drink right now. Or something. Yeah, Zalinka can I just pour you a quick scotch? Just is working, typing away. The explosion just sizzles behind the shield oh. and is quickly running out of power and he realizes it's not going to be enough. Oh, no. And from a drone shot outside the tower, we see the room glowing with orange light from the contained explosion. Uh-huh. And then a moment later... All the windows of the control room blow from a massive explosion. It is never not unnerving to see a building explode, especially a tall skyscraper well, building. I mean, it's also not the first time we've seen the Atlantis gate room explode like that. It's fair. Fair. <laughs> fair. Not but, that it makes it any easier, but not yeah. the first time it's happened. But holy shit. Yeah. What an episode. To be continued. 
I appreciate that you at least warned me that this was a mid-season finale. Yeah. <laughs> so that I wasn't like, what the fuck? Yay! Um, I'm I'm very curious. I want to know who the Farzinas are. Yeah. But based on if you know Horizon Forbidden West, you know who you, that what I think they are. Do you have a do you have a guess? It's ancients. You think they're ancients? Yep. Okay. It is some sort of weirdly creepily evolved ancients that now have to live in these suits or else they'll die. Okay. I just took a drink. Yay. Yay. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> yes. Until then, find us on Twitter at Terra Podcast. Find us at Facebook. There's no place like Terra. Email us at there's no place like Terra at gmail.com. Rate us, like us, review us at patreon.com slash no place like Terra. Then rate us, like us, review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Daniel will save them all. Daniel will save all of us. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.